All right, I don't often start a podcast just throwing out links, but this one you've got to get, dfmformulabook.com. It's in the show notes, so you're not going to forget it, but it is today's gift from the incredible Dr. Nicole Roberts-Jones. And this gift is meant to help you discover your brilliance, which is her unique marketplace ministry. It's her unique business. It's her unique way of saying, let God do the work by bankrolling your brilliance. It doesn't have to be that hard, and it can surely be done filled with joy, which is another reason why she's a partner in the Joyful Anthology book coming out later this year. She is going to blow your mind and make you laugh today as we talk about the brilliance and the bank. How are they related? Why are they related? How can you be a prophet and profit simultaneously? And to get your head and your heart and maybe even your body outside the four walls of the church. We want to be with you. We want to hang with you. We want to get to know you deeper. I bet she'll call your brilliance pretty quickly because she did it for me. And that's going to be at the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference happening in Nashville, November 3rd through the 5th. Make sure you get a VIP or premier ticket party pass because that's happening where we will be launching this experience, this book, The Joyful Entrepreneur with Dr. Nicole Robert-Jones as one of the featured authors. So we can't wait to be with you. It's going to be epic. And if you've never tuned into this show, can you follow now? That would be a blessing. Be sure to share. You're going to hear from other incredible entrepreneurs. FIT stands for Founders, Innovators, and Trailblazers. So maybe that's even you. If you want to share, if you want to connect, if you want to get involved with this movement, now's the time. We're growing. We have an app, the Fit and Faith Network app. You can get it on Android or Apple. And there's incredible testimonies coming from this very show, talking about voicing, resonating, speaking, volumizing with talk, truth, humor, joy, and business because it goes together, faith and business. I am just honored to have you here. Keep tuning in and we'll chat soon. Thanks, Dr. Nicole, for being here today. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. FIT is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. I am excited to bankroll your brilliance today with the one who can do it and does it so well, Dr. Nicole Roberts-Jones. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for coming. So excited to be here. I'm, I'm excited for this language. I told her before we got on the show today that I've, in the four years of podcasting, we have over 270 episodes at this point, I've never heard someone talk about bankrolling my brilliance or taking my brilliance to the bank. And not only are we like, 
I'm like throwing some dollar bills over here. I'm also like, yes, I wish more people would stand in this authority every single day. And I know that that's your passion. So share with us, how did that get started and how do you serve your audience uniquely? You know, what's interesting is God dropped in my spirit probably about 2018 because I was really having two separate conversations. I'm clear that I'm called to the marketplace. This is my marketplace ministry. And God, you know, I have a separate because how can I talk about God and profit in the same sentence? And I want you guys to get this. Go look at profit in the dictionary and profit means to gain. And so really, when you're doing the thing that you are called to do in this world, God wants you to gain for God. So you talk about growing for God. I'm talking to you about gaining for God. So God dropped in my spirit in 2018. Matthew, not Matthew. Hello. Genesis 128 which is to be fruitful and to multiply. And listen, Tamara, when God dropped it in my spirit, I was 48 years old and I don't have any natural children of my own. And I was like, wait a minute, Lord, you want me to have a baby? <laughs> like, That's not going to work. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't want to be disobedient, but I'm not feeling a Sarah spirit on me, Lord. Wait a minute. Sarah, now. I'm going to say, come on. <laughs> and so God started saying, hold on. I don't mean that that Bible verse is not just about having a baby. When I give you a gift, I want you to go out and be fruitful with that gift. And then when you are fruitful, which means to produce a good result, I want you to multiply and increase with that gift. And so therefore, that really is what I really started to go out and start to preach and teach people is how do you begin to multiply and increase to serve more people with the gift that God has given you? So that's what I mean by bankrolling your brilliance. Mm -hmm. We are coming out the gate hot, y'all. I love it so much because one, I always need this reminder. One, because I feel like there's this juxtaposition that's constantly given to us that like you can't be both, right? You can't be the entrepreneur and the good daughter. Mm -hmm. You can't be Mm -hmm. the servant leader and also have a lot of money. And that's simply a lie that's been blanketed over denominations. It's been blanketed over the church in general. And I feel that tension all the time from Mm -hmm. Christians and it's hard. And so my passion alongside yours, which is one of the reasons we've partnered in so many different ways this year Mm -hmm. is to help people recognize that being an entrepreneur is also joyful. Being an entrepreneur is also profitable and there's prosperity associated to ultimate wealth, Mm -hmm. which money has a part of that, but ultimate wealth isn't necessarily just the bank in which we can see and at a drive-through. It's the eternal bank, right? Yep. 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 And if God is our ultimate supply, I want you to get this. Then when God gives you bankroll, what do you want you to do with it? So first of all, and listen to you guys, I know the Bible, but sometimes I can't remember where it is, but it's in the Bible because <laughs> I read <laughs> it, it not so I can quote it. I read it so I can live it. Okay. Come on, so, girl. Yes. The love of money is a root of all evil. It's in first Timothy somewhere, right? So the love of money. So I don't love it. I use it. I don't love it. I use it. So money is energy. So if I use the money that is given to me to move the kingdom, the world forward, then what I'm doing is using that money for good. That's the difference. So I'm not using the money thinking, oh, I'm going to go get a Gucci. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have a Gucci. (laughs) So, But I'm not focused on it. I'm focused on moving the world, my kingdom agenda that God has given to me and everybody's agenda is different forward. And it's, it's just a game changer when you shift how you look at how you use money. It, it just is it's just a, a differentiator. Well, and one thing that as I hear the word bankroll, because again, it's not something mm-hmm. I 
think about often, but it is a part of entrepreneurship and business. And I have to at least prioritize it, especially because I have a team is I think about when I multiply that, that element of mm -hmm. finance, I'm multiplying the abundance for other people too, mm -hmm. because one, I have families connected to that number. Yes. I've got impact community members connected to that number. And the more we make, the more we can serve in mm -hmm. and to the nations as we're called. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And every business was created as an answer. And people don't mm -hmm. think about that. So okay. when I think about my iPhone, I'm think I'm thinking Steve Jobs, even though he's no longer here. Uh, hello, I love my iPhone and my iPad and my MacBook. I'm like, hallelujah, that there is a such thing. So, so everything we when we really think about everything we have, it was created as an answer. So if we go all the way back to Genesis, oftentimes we think that work happened because of the fall, but it wasn't because of the fall. God created work before the fall. You don't believe me? Go pick up your Bible. Genesis chapter one and two before the fall in chapter three. God created work first. So it talks about the fact, Genesis 2, I think it's 2.15, that God created the garden for man to tend to it and keep it, which is the first mandate for man to work. So if God created the garden for man to tend to it, to keep it, then the world is for us to tend to and keep to. So in other words, we get to partner with God to keep the world. And now the garden is a whole lot bigger, y'all. Okay. Well, and it's incredible because when I think about people and prayer mm -hmm. and I think about the apathy towards action, right? They sit on their hands rather than actually tilling and soiling and doing the things within the garden that God has called them to right. because they're saying, oh, he's going to provide. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's going to make this wish come true. He's not a genie in a bottle. That's not how God works. And I think people even think through miracles and they forget the element of hands that are laid on people, the action of words that took place, the action of surrender that took place within them emotionally and even mm -hmm. physically. I'm asking you to stand, he said, and pick up your mat and go and by faith you are healed. And so there's a lot of action. There's a lot of doing that takes place in that. It's not sitting in the garden and looking and having a meditation and hum, it's all going to come into play. I can't <laughs> stand that part of what I feel like people are doing, even from the realm of if they want to use the biblical language of manifesting. Yeah. Yeah. And even as I think about the fact that I'm sitting in a chair right now, and if I break it all the way down, God didn't make this chair. He made wood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man made the chair. So God made the wood and then he gave us free will. So the man that a woman that made the chair had the gift to create from the thought like, hmm, I wonder what this wood could do. And then from the wood created the chair. So God has given each of us gifts and we get to choose to do with the gifts. Like it says, faith without works is dead. So God gives us each different DNA. And I say DNA is distinct natural ability. And it's from that that we get to create. It's just that it's simple. So good. And it's interesting. This past week, I had gone to Mexico as a, a second honeymoon to my 10-year mm -hmm. husband. We renewed our vows. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I had books with me. I plan to read actually a couple of books of fellow authors and you're an author yourself. So we'll talk about that momentarily. But I ended up inside of the room. They had a bunch of books that either people had left or they decided to place in there. And there was one by Jeff Bezos, who's mm -hmm. uh, obviously the owner and creator of Amazon. And they talked about two things. One you've mentioned already that the definition of profit. And when he was originally asked about that, he answered the P-R-O-P-H-E-T mm. version, not the money, though it's connected. And the second thing that you're mentioning here that I think is so powerful is the element that even as he still dreams, he still activates in his gifts about like traveling into space and having these secondary areas in, in orbit for us to inhabit and live on and grow. Mm -hmm. He talks about the fact that he likely will never see that happen in his lifetime. And yet it is his gifting and responsibility to act and on the dreams that he's given now as the railway, as the interstate to the next generation that's going to come. And they will be able to access the dream that God's planted. Because if we don't have visionaries like ourselves, like yeah. Bezos, like all these other people I could think of, Musk and you know so many names, yeah. Steve Jobs being one of them as well. If we don't have them, and then the whole verse and quote and concept of standing on the shoulders of giants goes mm -hmm. away. Yeah, yeah, so good, so good, yeah. So I just think about the ecosystem of the kingdom that is happening every single day based on activation of a Christian, of the person it, who believes bigger than themselves. And even if you think about God as a God of systems, so the way that God created the world, he thought about the fish first when he put water, when he created the world. So he created water before the fish because he knew if he created the fish first without the water, the fish would die. Or if he thought about the fact that the digestive system, if you don't believe it, it's like every time you drink water or, or eat something, how the body works, it's a system. So everything we do is a part of a system. It's just amazing to me to wake up and look at the sun and how the sun has to do with so many different things. And my husband is a scientist. So if he was in here, he'd break it all down. And it just makes me <laughs> sick about how he gets so excited about how it. everything works. It's, and he, it's nauseating how he gets so excited about it. So it's, it's just interesting when you really sit back and, and think about and I just get in awe of how everything from it, it rained. I'm in Virginia and I'm in Northern Virginia. Um, and you're, you're yeah, at my crazy beach, so. last night. And I so, know, yeah. it was crazy in Virginia last night. But, but I live in so much greenery that it has to rain because of yeah. all the trees I'm around. And so all of that has to do with each other. It's amazing. And so even thinking about the fact that when I was little, I used to watch the Jetsons and how they talked and looked at each other on the telephone. And now we have that. So all the things that have to do with each other. And God thought of all those things way back when, you guys. It's amazing to me. And what's cool is if you think about even that show as a perfect example, somebody was deposited with that idea in order to make that as a, a vision for someone else, Steve Jobs, perhaps, who caught wind of this, who mm -hmm. saw it and said, whoa, there's actually possibility here. Mm -hmm. And so it's so critical. It doesn't matter if you create, you know, cartoon video series, or you're actually the inventor of the iPhone, or you mm -hmm. decide to talk about, you know, orbiting space. There is a point in a position in a gift, and I'll use your exact words, brilliance for all of us to take to the bank, but mm -hmm. it all is premised in action of that vision. Mm -hmm. and, and all those pieces all come together in a system yep. that one 
has to play with another. And what I'm amazed at is when I do what I do and I bless the clients that I get to work with, that when my clients do what they do and they bless their clients, I'm a part of that system. Yes. And it's just amazing to look at when I sit back and my clients come back and tell me what they've done and they tell me what their clients have done. It's almost like I'm the grandmother, dare I say, the Gigi, I'm not a grandmother, right? The Gigi (laughs) that that gets to sit back and look at all that I am a part of. It's amazing. I get excited about that because I want you guys to get this. I, when I marvel at my ministry, because we all have ministry. You do not have to be in a pulpit to be in ministry. That's one part of ministry. When you look at the definition of ministry, it says to serve. The first two do say something about religion. The, the third uh-huh. definition says to serve. And so I think so many of us get tied up in the fact that you have to be in a church to be in ministry. And you don't. All of us are called to serve. And that's literally exactly why I talked and mentioned this briefly, but the Joyful Entrepreneur, which is a project that we're doing together as an anthology, she's writing a chapter and it's talking about how we blend faith and business, that it's not an either or. And so often it's presented as that's the case. It's the whole reason Grow Your Business for God's Sake exists is that conference is to bring people in to help open their eyes in the revelation that ministry is business, that marketplace ministry is a huge element that is needed for people to be woke and exist in, whether you're the entrepreneur, whether you're a leader in a company, or whether you're just the first time employee walking through as the newbie, you are serving in ministry in that space. And so the revelation of your gifts and talents, no matter what role you play, is so necessary for the system. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So tell me, because you've previously written a book as a best-selling author. Tell us about mm-hmm. that. Tell us about the shows. She has her own podcast, her own show we talked about prior to me coming on. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to just serve the community with more of your wisdom and for them to be able to access you in that way. Fit and Faith Media Co. is dedicated to activating mission-driven leaders in the marketplace by way of publishing, press, and play. Because your story doesn't just matter to you. It matters to move others. We help you dissect and share your message through podcasting, book writing, and business development. These three areas are exactly how my team and I have opened doors to stages, become the best-selling author I always dreamed I'd be, and even the entrepreneur that energetically and joyfully shows up to serve each and every day. Literally nothing I do feels like work. Every day feels like play. And we'd love to help you live the same life of freedom and fun. If you're a speaker, a writer, or an aspiring business owner, let's jump on a call today to vision cast your future together. Go to www.fitinfaithmedia.com. Again, that's fitinfaithmedia.com. Book your call. If you're a founder, an innovator, a trailblazer, or a wannabe, we can help you get there. Let's do it. Um, Well, interesting, you know, 2022, well, let me say last year, God really woke me up to having this blended conversation. And then I'm, you know, you and I met and and I'm excited that I get to be a part of this, this anthology. But last year, God challenged me to stop having separate conversation of faith and and business. And so this year I started something called the Faith Purpose Profit. I call it FPP podcast. And literally, I, that's literally what I do is Monday nights, I have a conversation where I blend it and, and I do it separate. 
And so really picking apart this conversation of how you blend the three. And so that's what I've been doing. Um, I, okay. I started doing guests and it's really kind of a Bible study around faith, purpose, profit and, and being unapologetic. And I'm going to tell you, one of the things I'm talking about now is rich. And, and mm-hmm. I get so many inbox messages about people saying, how can you talk about God and rich? How can I not? Yes. I, to, and I challenge people to, to go look up the definition of rich and then go look up all the people that got used in the Bible that were rich and wealthy. Yep. yep. I mean, I mean, every just about every character in the Bible. Yeah. And, and you know, about, even about like the throne rooms of heaven, it is not a place that you're going to go and feel less than we're going to feel. And we should feel here on earth as it is in heaven, as he commands that we should feel like royalty. We are a royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anybody in any royal nation or royal party that walks around in rags. It's the mm-hmm. riches in which they exist. But if I'm going to keep it all the way real with you, the way I even started in this journey, if I could tell my story really quickly, is I was absolutely broke in my business. So I've been doing this 28 years, even though I'm still 30. And I tell the story in the the trilogy, so I'm not going to tell the whole story. Y'all got to read my chapter to hear the whole story. Mm -hmm, Unselfish plug. So you'll hear (laughs) about when it comes out. But let me just say this. I was so broke in my business, I was ready to quit. But I was clear I was called and I felt guilty for wanting to quit. And I was making $13,000. That's how broke I was in my business. Mm-hmm. But I was clear. And what God said to me at the time when I was like, Lord, if this is really you, I, I need you to show me something because this ain't working. This little $13,000 that I keep making, this ain't you. So, so, so something's got to give. And when I finally hired a coach, <laughs> because really what was in my way was my ego. I kept doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Oh, and by the way, I was an adjunct professor, not in one, but two prestigious universities while I was doing this little broke down business on the side, <laughs> making $13,000. Not wanting to tell anybody because I had this really long, prestigious uh, resume, but was broke in my business hmm. and embarrassed, if I tell you the truth, and looking good at church, but on my cute little office on at church yeah. and was making $13,000 in my business. And so when I finally hired a coach that cost $30,000 and my business made $13,000 and really my coach pretty much showed me me and began to show me all the ways that I was overlooking my gift and discounting my gift. And so the very first place that called me was a church to hire me. And I was like, really, Lord, why you got to have a church call me after all of this? (laughs) (laughs) And when I finally Stop discounting my gift. And the first lady said, how much do you cost? And I told her. And she said, okay. Pay me full price. Wow. You're like, the church is actually paying full price. That's so rare. I like and that. When I said, Lord, uh, excuse me, here's what God said back to me, you guys. God said back to me, service and struggle should never coexist. Why would I give you a gift and want you to struggle to do it? I realized that my mindset was in the way. So as we talked about at the beginning, the church has an issue. The reason I was struggling for all those years is that somewhere in my mind, I thought if I had ministry that I couldn't ask to be paid to do it. And so I had to shift my mentality from being broke around doing this thing I was called to do to realizing that God wanted me to get paid to serve in his kingdom. 
And so one of the reasons I'm passionate around bankrolling your brilliance is I began to realize that in order for me to really be able to serve at the magnitude God wanted me to serve in, the more money I make, and you said this earlier, the more people I can serve because the more team I can hire. The more team I can hire, the more volume I can serve. Again, the more volume I can serve, the more impact I'm having. And so as I began to learn this more, I began to realize how many more people were suffering from this. That's why I get so passionate about teaching it. And listen, I was master's degree. Then I went on and got my honorary doctor degree and I got an honorary because somebody wanted to, to, to honor all the work I was doing because I started really, really learning this. And so I'm passionate about it because it took me too long. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn this stuff. And I began to realize how long and how many people were suffering from it. Well, you said so much in that. I want to speak specifically to the ego element because it's a massive area of conflict that I think a lot of people pridefully and self-righteously are so prideful and self-righteous that they don't even recognize that it's happening. Yeah. I can raise my hand to this. And so that's why it's easy. And I'm sure you see it often. It's easy to recognize now mm -hmm. that you're on the other side of it. And that doesn't also mean that we're not constantly being humbled by the Lord or constantly <laughs> needing to humble ourselves because there's elements of things that in growth, we can feel the sense of what conflicts a lot of people. It's mm -hmm. why things like addiction unfold. It's why things like failure after you see somebody succeed so quickly and do so well, and then it right. ends up all being taken away from them. It's so many examples in the Bible we could talk to just about this is, is knowing that we have to always come back to this state of humility, but mm -hmm. you did something that's really important that a lot of people have a hard time doing. It's the number one objection people will hear on any sales call specifically around coaching is investing more than you make. Mm -hmm. We want to make more but we're not willing to invest more than we make because it feels hard. Yep. It isn't that faith. Well, right? You know what's interesting? We're investing going to college. So yes. when I got my master's degree, my master's degree, when I, well, when I went then was 40,000. Right. So when I was still paying USC, hello, in student loans, but I wouldn't go pay a coach. So true. Because what I was trying to learn, there, there was no degree in entrepreneurship, not in this way, not yep. in what I was learning to do. Yep. And what's so interesting, and my husband and I laugh about this, my husband is a physicist. Okay, just to give you guys perspective, he has a PhD in physics. Okay. So when I was trying to get a PhD in theology, okay, so I wanted to study purpose. And so everywhere I looked, because my expertise is in purpose, no place could I go study purpose. So when a school called to give me an honorary PhD, my husband said, look at that. And then at first I was saying, no, he's like, why? You've been stuck fine, trying to find somewhere to get a PhD in purpose, but there's no place to go. Now somebody wants to give you a PhD and you won't take it because you think people are going to talk about you. But you've been studying purpose on your own for, 40, for 30 years. So somebody wants to honor all the work you've been doing and you're worried about what people will say. He's like, girl, if you don't go take, get this honorary PhD, <laughs> right? Because you've been better. spending the money. And right. mind you, I've been to seminary classes. I've been taking classes. Sure. And I want you guys to get this. So many of us, me included, my hand is up too, are worried about perception and public opinion. This is me too. I went and got an accelerated MBA as well. And I did that for me because I wanted to learn. I've sat in seminary classes because I wanted to learn. Because I knew that God was calling me to study this because he was calling me to teach this.
And so I'm also sharing that because many of you that are listening, you're at this crossroad between whereas God is calling you and where the world would receive you, where people know you to be, where all the perception and your resume and your bio, all of that about you is already done. God doesn't care about any of that. He's not looking for any of that. He's checking your faith. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize that my faith and where God was calling me was bigger than any place anybody would already recognize me to be. And it was hard because when God was calling me to this thing that I'm doing now, it was 1993 and there was no such thing as a coach. And people were like, what are you going to do? And I was like, mm, I don't know what this thing is called. <laughs> I'm going to start talking, not in a pulpit, not in a, what? Are, what? You're going to preach in the marketplace? Come on. <laughs> I, I didn't know what this thing was called, but I was like, I'm gonna go do this. And people were like, well, you sound crazy. I was like, yeah, I, I feel crazy, but I'm gonna go do it. <laughs> so good. And this is, there's this element of investment in faith, right? We can either be triggered into fear, which puts us into a place of complacency and stagnancy yeah. and the enemy hangs out in a place of fear versus being triggered into faith. Oftentimes when something scares me, I'm like, let's go. What do you got for me? God's about to teach me something. God's about to break a threshold. God's about to break a glass ceiling. And at the same time, being mindful of, of course, all the other things that you're responsible for. But I know that there are people who are totally willing to go out and buy that Gucci that you alluded to that wouldn't pay for a coach, but they also value themselves beyond the Gucci. And they ain't done the work that Gucci has done to get to where it is as a brand recognized. Hello. And they're at, they're valuing themselves, but they're not out valuing anything else. They don't value their gift enough to replenish it. Yep. And the thing and that I've learned is I will always, always bet on me. I will good. always bet on me. And so the, the biggest lesson I've learned in the 28 years that I've been in this work is that your comfort and your conviction can never coexist. Mm -hmm. I've had to live in uncomfortable. Sometimes, and even as being married for 15 years now, you probably get a kick out of this, sometimes even being uncomfortable with my husband because he may not get it yet. And I'm like, Lord, you better go talk to him because he don't get it yet. Right? Totally. And my husband will come back and go, you said God on me, huh? And I'm like, yeah, people, okay, because I get it now. Because maybe five minutes ago, he didn't get it. And I'm like, well, I can't, you, you, go, you go talk to God because I can't wait for you, you to catch up. You can go sit in the other room for a minute. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> right. And, I pretty, and he'll look at me like, mm, and then he'll go and say, you, got, you said God on me, huh? And I'm like, yeah, he go because mm, I get it now. And it's and we'll both laugh because yep. five minutes ago he might have been mad at me about it. Right. Uh -huh. And I think that there's an element to that in marriage. And and I hear this all the time. I, I have an opportunity often to sit with the spouse of the person that I coach. And I it's interesting. I never hear the when I coach men occasionally, I never hear from the wife. But often when I coach women, I have experience with interjection of the husband. It's an objection, a common objection. I talked about another objection earlier on not having enough money. The next one is a spousal objection. Yeah. And having the opportunity to talk with them is more so about putting them at peace than it is in their lack of belief towards me mm. and my ability or their lack of belief in their spouse. They just are inside their own head. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I'm basically dually coaching at that point. I'm like, sure, let's have a mindset conversation, <laughs> right? Let's have a spirit check real quick. Um, mm -hmm. But I find it interesting. How do you, both in these objections we've talked about, whether they don't have the money, we've kind of discussed that. If you want to bankroll your brilliance, but you aren't willing to go to the bank for your brilliance, mm -hmm. 
But simultaneous to that is like that spousal objection. I love that you just said, let, let, I'll just pray for you. How do you deal with that from a client basis? So, you know, what's interesting is God never gives you a dream checking your bank account, checking with your spouse. He's not checking any of that. He's checking your faith. So I've had to do things where it's not in my bank account. It's not. And I'm just like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to pull out my credit card and pray to God that it goes through. And I'll tell you, I remember when I hired that coach and I didn't have 30,000. I didn't have, I didn't even have the deposit in my checking account. And I called my husband and said, I need you to trust me. And I hung the phone up because I knew he would say no. And I was like, he's going to be so mad at me. And what I should have done now, I was on the other side. Now I should have said, Lord, I need you to go talk to him first. That's why I said what I said the second time. That time I came home, I knew he was going to be mad at me. And I, I just let, I just knew on the other side, he'd get it. He didn't talk to me for like weeks, but I kept saying, I got to just put on my big girl panties and look past it. He'll get it on the other side. I kept saying that even though my heart hurt, my flesh was hurting. I was like, he'll get it on the other side. I kept saying it. Ooh, it hurt though. I'm not going to lie to y'all. And then one day he started seeing my growth. I went from making 13,000 to over 200,000, by the way, in six months. When I made that 200,000, my husband didn't believe it. Now (laughs) I told you he's a physicist, so he can count in his head. He saw my (laughs) bank account, my business bank account. He didn't believe it. So he picked up a calculator. He calculated it once. He still didn't believe it. He calculated it again. He said, this, this ain't right. He calculated it again. He was like, oh. I was like, I know. Then he said, okay, now I see why you, okay, now I get it. So I held on in those months knowing that on the other side, he would get it. But what I should have done when God told me to hide, because I, I was clear it was God. I should have said, now you go tell my husband. I, I didn't do that because I was scared. So that's the mistake I made. I learned that. So now what I do is tell my clients, listen, and I tell them the truth. When I was in this place, I didn't pray to God about my husband. So I tell them the whole story, what I just told you and say, girl, tell God to tell your husband. (laughs) (laughs) That's the right thing to do. But I think that there is a lesson in faith Mm -hmm. for the spouse, right? Because have they put all their chips in on their Mm -hmm. dream? And not to say that being a physicist isn't a, an all-in dream. That there's a lot of school, there's a lot of finances that go into that in and yeah. of itself, and the belief based on his passion and his gifting. But there's something different about the element of protection in marriage, where they they want to protect, they want to be right, they mm-hmm. want. There's all these elements, and I say they, they is me, right? Mm-hmm. They is, doesn't matter what side, boy, girl, husband, wife you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I think there's a lot of wisdom to that, and I'm going to start using it as a tactic because I think people need to know that the ultimate answer is going to be prayer and yeah. proof. Yeah. And God is a God of proving. He, he loves to prove his promises. That's They're always going to come true. And so making sure, of course, that you're doing so based on a God prompting yeah. and not a good idea. I yeah, have a lot of people who have a good idea and I'm like, that good idea ain't going to last you if your heart isn't connected to what God says to be true. And like I said, comfort and conviction is not going. And so one of my favorite girls, Esther, she had to do what she did in uncomfort. And when I made that decision, I knew hiring that coach was God because God said before I walked in that room, whatever she offers, take it. And God said it to me like that because he knew I was cheap and I wouldn't have hired (laughs) her. And so I hired her and he and I had to do it in uncomfort because I knew my husband would say no as well. So, so that uncomfort was what I also knew I had to go through to do it. And so on this side, would I do it again? Yes. 
And I would have done all that uncomfortable to be where I am now because there's no way my business would be where I am now had I done it comfortable. <laughs> well, and I think what's interesting about that, even to speak back to the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference, like throwing a conference is a huge ordeal. There's a lot that goes into it. And people mm -hmm. look at it when they come, they're like, oh, this must be so profitable. And you're like, no, there's not a lot of profit in this experience. It really, for me, my heart is about the gathering of people so yes. that the profits who are profiting, the P. H and FI are, are able to infuse so that we can expand the kingdom territory in this realm. But yeah. a lot of times I don't even know how it's going to get pulled off. I I'm in a place where tickets haven't sold, or I'm in the place where a speaker is expecting this. And I just am sitting there in prayer while activating to say, let's go like team, yeah. like we yeah. have to get more marketing out there. Let's go create something new. And every single time, and it's always in the last hour, God is good at making me wait, but I've learned <laughs> so much patience, so much resilience in the faith walk of building conferences with people. And yeah. so to realize, that that uncomfort, if God was going to just like make us comfortable, he would have never asked Peter to get on the water. He would have been like, Hey, I'll get in the boat with you. No, mm -hmm. no, no, no. That's not his call. That's not what he's positioning you to do. And yeah. the biggest thing that I've learned in all of it, which I think you have clearly been able to raise your hand to is now you have the empathy when the person comes to you and says, I actually don't have the money. I'm actually mm -hmm. scared. What is my husband going to think all the different objections that people will have you now know the answer to because you've yep. literally walked it. There's no better turn of events than saying, here's my testimony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. For sure. Well, I'm excited. So you've got your, your Monday night, like Bible study slash podcast. You've got your <laughs> other show too. How can people get connected with you on a regular basis? Because it, this is not just something they need on my podcast. They need to know and experience the expertise that you have. Yes. So if okay with you, I have a free gift. So because yeah. I talked about the whole, uh, well, it's Dominion Fruitful Multiply. I have a DFM book. So one of the things that God began to show me is that he created all, all of us that have dominion to be fruitful and multiply. So I created a free gift, a Dominion Fruitful Multiply book, DFM formula book. Sorry, dfmformulabook.com is free. It walks you through the three principles to literally create multiple streams of income from your God-given purpose. So again, that's dfmformulabook.com. And it's literally what I'm called to do. Those of you that are ready to start your purpose-focused business, teaching you how to create multiple streams of income so that you have income with impact. So um, we'll have this link and obviously all the show notes and things like that, yes. the dfmformulabook.com. And mm -hmm. I want, before we jump off, because I think that that is a huge element of curiosity that a lot of people have is this multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. To you, what does that mean in your multiplication method? So for me, it's, multi it's mostly being able to, uh, well, one of the biggest ways is being able to make money while you sleep. In other words, you've got to have revenue generating, a revenue generating model where you don't always have to be present so that you can serve all the people that need you in ways where some of them you're there, some of them are serving multiple people at the same time, and then there are people like, for instance, I have clients in Singapore and Aruba. When I met my Singaporean client, I'm like, how the heck did you find me? I'm still amazed that I have a client, a client in Singapore. So yeah. So it's being able, that's what I mean by income and impacts. So you can serve people all over the world and I don't have to be up in the middle of the night to do that. <laughs> so that is really powerful. There's so much, mm -hmm. I think people think profit. They think about 
brilliance. They think about even that millionaire, billionaire status, and they think that it's really hard. But you said earlier about the ease that comes with the gift. Ease doesn't mean that you don't work for it. Ease doesn't mean that even as she's talking about sleeping and profiting simultaneously, I know the energy and the efforts and the, the insight that it takes in order to build even the system that makes that work. And that's something that most people don't realize. They look to someone like yourself and they're like, oh, she must be really expensive and have a lot of clients. And it, it could be expensive. I'm expensive. If you want to say expensive, <laughs> I'm valuable and we are worthy. But it's this knowing that it doesn't have to be tens of thousands of people in order for you to have the same level of profitability and have peace in the process. Yes, for sure. For sure. And it's a it's a replicatable model. And that's one yeah. of the things I excited about teaching my clients is how to replicate yourself so that it makes it easy and um, effortless. Yeah. It's so good. Dr. Nicole, you guys, she is such a gift. I'm so excited for everything that we have coming up this year. If you want to be in person and hang out and party with us at our own experience, we're going to be together in Nashville at the book launch party for the Joyful Anthology that she is co-authoring with us. And I'm just excited to be in person, even though we're just right up the road. I need to come visit too. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks yes. for being here, Dr. Nicole. And you guys definitely get her free gift. I know it's going to bless you. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Can't wait to hug you in person, girl. Oh, no. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts. And you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.